So as as part of playing the bait game, now I've never been shy about it. I've been upfront that I've been a scout my whole life. Uh, so I, I tweeted that I used some firearms yesterday at a range, and I had a great time. Uh, You're I, trying to pull huh? your audience. You're trying to, like, gauge the temperature of <laughs> what my friends think. What's fascinating is in the state of Illinois, I cannot legally own a gun. What I did yesterday is the absolute limit of what I'm legally allowed to do in this state. If I just go cross certain borders, I can do whatever the fuck I want. You can have a gun. No, I cannot get a FOID card in the state of Illinois because of my medical marijuana license. Oh, okay. I was going to say, not that no one can, but uh, yeah. So Arizona has absolutely no registration requirements of any kind. Let me tell you, I have more appeal (laughs) for Arizona. (laughs) See, here's the thing. I am actually in favor of, like, all right, I, I, I laid out the... I led with, I fired an AR-15 just kind of to poke Twitter and see what happens, and nothing happened. I mean, it is the most... Anyone who knows me... not based. Already knows my <laughs> opinions AR-15 on guns. AR-15 is cooked, they, they're, not they're based. They're like cars, they are death machines, and they need a shit ton of training to operate them right. In fact, cars need more training to operate them right. Uh, in fact, most people probably should not be allowed to have a license today. What does that mean? We need communism to reorient society so we can take licenses away from people and not hurt their livelihoods. Well, without being, without like, without making it weird, (laughs) if you have to acknowledge the material conditions of being an American to have a meaningful participation in like the gun conversation. There are what, two to one guns for, there are two guns for every human being in the United States? Yes, and any buy like people talk about buyback operations. And, and no law is going to make them go away. The, the people who will hold on to their firearms no matter what are like the Klan and the neo-Nazis, and of course the police will always be armed. We will never take their guns. <laughs> so any kind of solution has to acknowledge the fact that we already have a heavily armed... If you're, actu- if you're concerned about literal actual fascism, they have a huge... Uh, supply like a outsized every time anybody these orgs get like busted they always like we secured a 20 billion rounds of ammunition and like 700 rifles like they're ready and it's not that i like say support getting into gunfights i'm not so i don't support like uh violent i'm not like oh no, this is, is a last so resort and like, self-defense thing people. of when someone comes at you with a gun words no longer work now what we just had, in California, at a pride parade, what, a, a U-Haul was stopped that had a bunch of people that were at least going to go intimidate with guns at a pride parade, let alone maybe actually shoot it up? Like, that happened days ago. What's, what, what, I, I do not subscribe to, I go to pride and I, I gotta risk getting shot. Like, uh, What? While I continue, like, I, I don't want to ever contradict myself and be like, oh, Pepper, you're, you're saying that if we have guns, we can subscribe to this, like, John Wayne fantasy, where if people attack me in my home, I'll be able to just, <clears throat> like, defend the world with me and my, not necessarily, that's no, not realistic. No, statistically, you won't, but. But if people are rolling into your town and you and your friends just, like, yes. stand by brandishing like, it, it makes the situation very different. Look at the protests that get, like, tear-gassed and people get shot at versus ones that don't. And 
the the people are like, oh, the right wing protests never get beat up by the police. Yeah, the cops do agree with them, but also they're all armed, and none of them want to like start a city a, a shootout downtown with like dozens and dozens of wild card yeah. participants who just have whatever weapons. The Black Panthers back in the day famously started gun control because it was a response to them observing the cops while holding long rifles. Like, not concealed carry, sneaking into police stations and gunning people down. They just stood on the street corner while the cops were doing traffic stops, and it led to fewer black dudes getting beat up in broad daylight, like in a pre-cell phone world. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hooray. That's been Pepper and Dragor on guns. Do you have an idea of what you think uh, effective, like, some gun rules that we could, like, agree on and support? Because we've talked about why red flag laws... Like, since it's the cops who choose who gets red flagged, it's going to be people like Correct. us who get red flagged, us, not minorities, their friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. what do, so what are ones you would support? The ones I support is essentially uh, formalizing how I learned about and came up with guns to begin with. So uh, the way I always talk about it is addressing the in-home accidents. Everyone can agree, even among the people that want to have guns, that when an accident happens and someone gets injured or loses a life in a home, that's a problem. That's, that's bad. And how do you address that more than anything else? Early education, exposure. The number one thing that happens is people are afraid of guns, and then there's a situation that involves one, and then panic sets in. You lose the ability to act rationally in the face of dealing with a dangerous item. That increases the danger. If what I went through as a Cub Scout around guns happened in every grade school and that there were labs, uh, uh, field trips, what have you, at, at whatever society degree, decrees is the right age for increased exposure, much like cars, your household, your parents might go, all right, under adult supervision, this is fine. Jimmy, you get to do this at 10 years old, and Tommy down the street has to wait until 15. I don't know. But, like... The tangible experience of having a gun in my hand when I was nine years old and watching it destroy something did more to teach me respect about that item than any word or any TV show or movie ever did. You want to close the, uh, uh, stop the gun violence that takes place in the realm where the phrase guns don't kill people like actually applies, (laughs) where it's like, look, it is solvable to stop a lot of these accidental deaths, a lot of these like mishandlings, a lot of these just like just poor safety leading to uh, tragedy. Yeah. But what happens is if you train your entire population around that, that lays the groundwork to handle these other extreme things that are happening earlier. Yeah. And that does reckon with the material conditions of there just being guns all over the place. It, so it makes more sense to act like we live in that world than to. Uh, Wish we didn't and pretend we don't. Uh, For buyback things, there are... My whole reaction to gun buyback is that is a microscopic, isolated thing of what we should be doing anyway, and that is we need to give people money and resources and means to live. I don't treat the gun itself as the inherent problem. I would support... Really uh, big cut changes in what kind of weapons are sold to civilians and under what kind of licensure. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm as extreme as I would say. I don't think civilians need semi-auto anything. Uh, the AR-15 has to go away just because, sorry, guys, all the shootings happen with AR-15, so we're just taking that, that one that out of here. That comment of the AR-15 <laughs> is the most accessible weapon might be a contributing factor. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe the fucking SWAT team gets the AR-15, and that's it. And, you know, not even talking maybe about maybe restructuring. Maybe to get team. an AR-15 <laughs> in that, if you do believe you should legally be able to get one, the bar should be very strict. Yeah, man, you better have fucking zombie hordes in we your door every day. We have different classes of licensing <laughs> for different motor vehicles we operate because they carry different requirements. I see no difference for yeah. firearms. Yeah, it wouldn't solve everything, but some kind of very basic licensure. Like, you got to prove you can at least freaking handle the thing uh, to have it. <laughs> so let's let... I, I love this topic, actually. So I fired a semi-automatic AR-15, not at the range, but I was with a person who like understood how this thing worked and was teaching me some very stripped down drills and the physicality of holding down the trigger oh my god that is extremely difficult to do okay uh pepper are you ready for the dark thought yeah give it to me i'm also hooking up my camera which is an exclusive thing that patrons can see if they watch Get on patreon.com slash last minute politics. Give us a dollar today and get all these special features and watch us record live and have being thank you very much. Woo! Uh, among especially the lefty gun people, the so you have the onion tweeting every time there's a mass shooting, uh, nothing we can do, says only yeah. country where this regularly happens. Well, there's an extension to that among the knowledgeable gun people. When there's a shooting involving an AR 15 and you hear that 15 people died, the reaction is, that's it? That device yeah. can kill so much more than is happening. And I feel like the missing that fact is part of what shows off. That's how you know that people participate in the gun debate without fully understanding the scope, teehee, sorry, of what's going on. In that, okay... We've banned AR-15s, whatever that means. The AR-15 had the ability to kill more people already. So was it, was it the gun that was the core issue, right? Its accessibility is an issue. Its ease of use of singular firing is a problem. This is why you get less dead people when cops don't have guns. But on the flip side... That tool in capable hands, even if they're going to commit an atrocity, those numbers should be worse. So what are we trying to address? What is the actual problem we're trying? Like, what is, how is this manifesting? And the gun debate always focuses around non-systemic things. Yeah, it's a whole host of boring, unsexy problems that we just have to deal with and already know about. At this point, it's like a meme from the Republicans to, well... <laughs> From the right wing, for, I don't know, certain groups of people who just be like, oh, mental health care. It's like, well, first of all, it's it's very rarely people who are, oh, mental health care, who are doing these shootings. Usually people who are, uh, like, on paper, like, I don't know, neurotypical, whatever word you want to use. They aren't people who are you're going to identify as, like, all these raving lunatics who are getting doing shootings. It's usually not. Uh, but you know that they aren't actually willing to do anything towards help. Like, if, we ha if everybody had health care, it's not that, like, that would magically make all shootings go away, but how many more people would, how many fewer people would end up in these desperate situations or weird ass conditions that end up making them, that lead them towards a sh uh, doing a, uh, doing a shooting? 
Like they are a public school kid. Maybe if we put money in education, like they have a, what were their parents like? Do they have the resources to raise whatever kid? Like it is, there, there is no, like there, there are very few direct answers <laughs> that actually address the problem. What, what is a theme we keep talking about in that, uh, we recently brought it up in China. Hey, I found the segue. Uh, in China, we talked <laughs> about how they actually formalized the social score and how that obviously is bad, but that America also functionally has one, but it's not formalized, which is think more it's dangerous. Creepy. I don't. That's that's the thing. Assigning bad is. All right, all right. I can definitely I can only sign bad outcomes. But if you're trying to do like an honest comparison of of how. I'm saying no like human society should of- reduce the quality of communal participation to a fucking algorithm <laughs> score. That is wrong. That is unethical. That is not what math and computers are for. Yes, they're fucking trying. I, don't, I they're know they're trying. <laughs> I don't know what. It's, it definitely strikes me as weird un- and uncomfortable, and I would not under any circumstance want that. But like, like you hear about there was a guy who you watch the like the fighter. There was this MMA guy where there's a thing in China where they like to uphold their traditional martial arts. And uh, there's a guy who's like, he's not trying to just shit on China necessarily, unless there's extenuating circumstances I don't know about. But he goes around, he's like, look, uh, some of this stuff like these are not the the supreme martial arts, and the masters of these are not like superheroes. And if I come in with my MMA technique, I'll just fucking destroy them. Like, <laughs> and he does like over and over. he's like he's not even like the best. He's like an okay MMA guy he's in his 40s and that but that makes his it's seen as like him shitting on Chinese uh, culture and history so his social credit score is really bad and like <laughs> he can't get on he can't take flights and that was like a thing where like he's in a bad mood because he had to take a 48 hour train to get to this place because they they wouldn't let him fly because the social score is too low. And I'm like oh god like yeah. that is not good <laughs> that yeah. is clearly a bad and unjust outcome unless like I said there's something I don't know about where uh, he's a fucking CIA spy, and that's where his social score is down. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but speaking of China... Look at my segue. Look, I did it. It only took us uh, 25 minutes of recording to get to the topic we meant. Uh, when I say we for the following, I mean Pepper did the effort and research and outreach of uh, trying to talk some people to some people, uh, some furries in China, and what their experiences with COVID and the lockdowns were. Uh, we have two different responses. Both people are going to remain anonymous. Uh, it is several paragraphs worth. If you have been a participant in our Bible study uh, readings, it's going to be a little bit like that, and that uh, Pepper and I are going to take turns reading through the questions and responses, maybe take some breaks to talk about it here and there, but we're going to try and read as much of this verbatim. Uh, part of the reason that this was in text form was uh, they were more comfortable in being able to write out their responses. And yeah, one of them said that they 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 weren't 
uh, like confident in confident enough in English. They said they listen to our show and that we talk really fast and we're like it's super snappy back and forth. And they're like, oh, my English isn't that good. I'm gonna feel weird. So let me just type it out. Which also, heck, I'm I almost I almost prefer that because they have time to think. They aren't just like saying the first thing that comes to their minds to keep the conversation going. And uh, I should say that these responses, it was a couple of I, I was a little I was a little nervous. I'm like, oh no, are they gonna are they have they changed their minds? They're not gonna they're not going to respond. But then they both did. But they both it was at least I think like a week or two weeks. So these are well thought out responses. These aren't just like knee jerk reactions. So and I think that's more valuable anyway. Yeah, these are just these are two people in uh, some different areas, and these are their experiences. Hi, Pepper. Thanks for your attention and care to the other side of the globe. By the time I started to write this, the overall lockdown has ended. It took me two weeks to finish the reply as I'm back to work and trying to catch up the progress we lost over the two months. Anyway, here I am with the first-hand experience of the life under the lockdown. Uh, first question is general information introduce yourself where do you work living situation and then uh they just kind of wrote a general response and i'll read that i i do love pepper and i were talking about we love these responses because of how human they are uh i guess i've never left china yet so that makes 24 years and i've been living in shanghai for six years since i left my northern hometown for college during the pandemic i graduated twice both without ceremony and got my first job as an electronic engineer for those who don't know what that is, half of my work is damaging my eyesight in front of a computer screen. The other half is poking around circuit boards with metal sticks in the lab. So half of my work can be done remotely during the lockdown, and the other half is in labs or factories. During the pandemic, I moved three times within Shanghai. Now I'm living in an apartment with three other roommates. Each ha got our own bedrooms. A friend was visiting us when the lockdown happened and trapped with us. So this is a story of five furries trapped at home with 20 fursuits for two months. <laughs> five fursuits per person. <laughs> I just, I, I read that. And I'm like, I love this. There's, all right, quick aside. Uh, there is a game called The Incredible Machine, and there's a song in it called Hayseed. And on YouTube, I found a very long comment that was written in Korean and I translated it, and it looked like lyrics. And so I went and found the video, and some guy in Korea took this American game song and recorded his silly little uh, computer woes, like having computer problems, Weird Al-style song. Completely different language, completely different culture, the same shit we do here. Humans are all over the globe, y'all. Slight aside, uh, so... Unless this has changed recently, uh, so th they mentioned that they moved from their from their northern town. So in China, when they say like the north, that's the same as in the U.S. If we said the south, like same kind of connotations of like the the rural the the sticks is in the north in China, and then all the big cities are in the south. Uh, next, what restrictions are currently in place where you live? Can you leave your residence? Are there vaccine requirements or mask mandates? As I'm writing this in June, the city-wise lockdown has over, and the city is slowly starting to spit. We are free to go out on foot or on wheels. Mask is required while vaccine is not. PCR negative test result within 72 hours is required if you want to enter any place with a gate except your own home and some hospitals. Restaurants are reopening, but most can only support takeout. Uh... 
And then uh, the lockdown started in the last few days of March. We got one positive case in our apartment building, and for two weeks, we were not allowed to leave out building. After March 12, we can go out of our building and move inside our community. In China, most communities are apartment house or house blocks surrounded by fences and gates, maintained by a specific property management company. People started to put up tents on the lawn and having picnics. Uh, it says grading neighbors. I assume greeting neighbors and walking <laughs> I was going to say, f- feel free to like sh- shine up the English when, you're, when you well, know what so they mean. Well, <laughs> so some of it I read direct on purpose because that's what it is. But if it's like something where it's sending the wrong connotation, then I'll fix it. <laughs> sure. Otherwise, I'm going to try my best to read it as is because that's true. Uh, An antigen self-test is required every day. Uh, In late May, we finally got a pass card to go out, and that's in quotes. Rules for these cards are not the same across the city. For us, the card is a one-time card. PCR result within 48 hours is required, so you can't get it if you miss the test the day before. We have PCR tests in the community every two days. Each apartment or house can only have one card, meaning only one person can go out. The morning card is for 8 a.m. to noon, and the afternoon card is from 1 to 6. No private car is allowed, and an invitation card is needed to enter the supermarket. Each community can have these cards twice a week, and not everyone wants to go out, so during those two weeks, we only used it once. I took a bike ride for 25 kilometers, and then went to the supermarket, bought as much as I could take by bike. Uh, You log your footprint by scanning the QR code. It shows if you have a valid PCR result. I'm assuming footprint there means something a little bit else. Oh, yeah. They just mean, like, where you are. Like, you log where your footprint in the sense of, like, where you have been. Contact More than, like, your literal footprint. Like, the doors of all the places. I I actually saw a little video of this in in how they do it in Vietnam, which I assume is kind of similar. The door of every place or near the entrance, there will be just a QR, a laminated QR code on the thing. And you just pull your phone out and you just scan it and then you keep going. Uh, (laughs) I was watching Vietnamese YouTuber and the the video started out with her having to ask the guy, like, hey, where's the thing? And he's like, over there. And you go, boop. And then they go on. Which allows for that's contact tracing. It lets your contact tracing happen. And I know, like as Americans, we'd be like, "Oh, that's super creepy for them to know where you are." And it's like, yeah, they already know. We that. know how it would be run here. No, that's how we know we it would, we know it would be run here by like some shitty private company would use that for like data mining and sell our sh- like. We we know it would be used for uh, exploitative purposes here in the U.S. And I mean, I'm sh- you can just tell me that I'm wrong. And oh no, no, no that's Pepper, what's I'm happening over there. It already actively is every. If your cell phone is on you, yeah, your yeah. location is being tracked. We have the ability to just if we just like ripped the veil off and said, "All right, we're taking all your data points and doing contact tracing for real." Like we could do that yes. right now. The NSA, <laughs> for all we know, the NSA already has a private model that are doing it. That's the level of data access they have. This is not hyperbole. This is real. This is known. Yeah. Without us doing it voluntarily. In China, I mean, no one comes up and grabs your hand and says, scan the QR code. (laughs) It's just like a thing you do because it's what you're supposed to do because you don't want to get your, like, have you noticed through all they're talking about here how much, like, us and our, not that this is how everything has to be run, but... It seems that if you get COVID in mainland China, your whole building is kind of fucked, and you, their their apartment buildings already are like talk to each other and like greater closer communication than uh, apartment complexes ever have been anywhere I've lived in the U.S. So when yes. you combine these things, 
Like it, it's just creates a, a more, a less fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. kind of attitude. <laughs> less <laughs> YOLO. In general. Uh, yeah. Which the rules end up like kind of engineering that. And you can see that as creepy in 1984, or you can see it as like effectively keeping down COVID. Well, to be clear, I think, uh, the ability to turn off all of that tracing should be a thing that happens. And like, yeah, contact tracing during a pandemic is important. It's not, people will point to, uh, people who want a little more security to, and, and want to give up some privacy deserve neither. And like, okay, yes, in the general abstract, but a plague is an <laughs> existential threat that doesn't give a shit about what you think. We're not talking about ideologies. A virus has none. And imagine if we didn't have a government that was super shasty. <laughs> <laughs> How does life continue under lockdown? How do people make money, get food, get supplies, and so on? Life under lockdown can be really different from one to another. For those like teachers, water supply, power supply, who's found comes ma majorly from the government. And those... Funds. Fund. Damn it. Whose funds, whose money, whose power, whose funds, whose way of life majorly comes from the government, and those who can work from home like me, income didn't change much. I work online every weekday. I can get up later in the morning and spend more time cooking. How many of my American peers have said literally the same thing, just in a different language? Did you notice it wasn't just left up to whatever company to decide if they work at home or not? <laughs> yeah, also that. Uh, as for restaurants, clinics, stores, uh, what are KTVs? All right, KTV might be karaoke, actually. Oh! KTV. Uh, but yeah, any place that relies on customers, things are not so well. One of my roommates is a veterinarian. Usually his income is a lot more than mine. However, his April salary can't even cover the rent. Couriers now make more money, but are also taking more risk of catching COVID. For supplies, the difference across Shanghai is even larger, and it doesn't always depend on how rich you are. Ways to get supplies include online supermarkets. Some of these are sites that are ordered to stay open by the government, but supply is limited and delivery is always short for hands. Uh, every 6.30 a.m. and 8 a.m., you can place an order on the mobile app. It's hard to put your order through the server. For many days, we are just stuck at the cashier screen and got nothing. Other days, we could place an order for 5% of what we put in the shopping cart, but things are pretty smooth after the payment. In the afternoon, the food would be delivered to our community gate where the property manager disinfect the packages before dropping it at our door. The price of the food is slightly higher than usual, and sometimes the only, uh, the only thing they sell are the high-end products. As long as the community doesn't stop you from receiving packages from the outside and you are not broke, this supply chain only requires you waking up early and a bit of luck. The second way is to group order for the whole community. Some suppliers won't deliver unless the order is big enough, like 3,000 buckets of KFC. So we need to ask around the neighborhood to make a big enough order, and a representative, a.k.a. the captain, will place the order and distribute the supply across the neighborhood. Lucky for us, most of our neighbors support this method, and many of them are resourceful enough to take the captain role. Vegetable, eggs, beverages, meat, and even dessert, we joined many orders. The unlucky part is now we realized our neighbors are a lot richer than us. They would buy the best quality, most expensive beef, seafood, bread, and milk, which can be twice the price we usually go for. Flowers, wine, and cooking equipment are also on their radar. This supply chain heavily depends on the neighbors, no matter whether you are the sailor or the captain. 
Thus, people living in different communities had different experiences. It doesn't require the resident to be rich, but resourceful and supportive. The third way, the government's free supply. During the two months, we received eight government packages, mostly vegetables, soy products, and about one kilogram of meat. They are usually donations from other provinces or companies to each district-level government, sometimes street-level management to distribute. So the quality depends on which street you live on. For us, these packages are too little and too irregular to depend on, but the food always looks fresh and clean, and nothing had been taken away in distribution. I've heard of some streets have far better and more packages than us, and some streets only had cucumbers, or the donation being taken by the street management or thrown away. This supply chain is too little and irregular. Each apartment gets the same package despite how many household li- how many people live in the household, but it is free. Not much, but fresh and useful. The fourth way, other special resources. If your friends, family, or company is resourceful enough, they can send you packages. My roommate's family managed to send us quite a lot of snacks, spam, and eggs. Another roommate is also my colleague, and the company sent us eight deliveries of meat, vegetables, seafood, and other supplies like shampoo. These supplies alone are enough to keep the five of us from starving, and how to keep the vegetables from rotting became a problem. Uh, A package of me and my colleague together. And then the fifth point, exchange with neighbors. Out of oyster sauce, out of chili peppers, see if the neighbors has extra and can offer you a can of Spam. Just got too much vegetable that your fridge can't take? Give away to the neighbors and some bun and fr- and get some bread or buns and fruit in return. Or put things you want to give away on the table by the first floor elevator and take what you want. Money is useless when you can hardly buy anything. <laughs> It's funny because, like, at so, on one point, you'll they seem to talk about it almost in the same way that me and you talk about it. Or mm-hmm. like, we know that somewhere, some people are having a horrible time, and we, they hear stories about like people starving and not. But it's like, yeah, but we we figured it out, and everyone I know figured it out, and the system is definitely not perfect. Like, this is not a utopian situation, but like the effort seems to be there. It's like, yeah, they set off some free food, but it's not quite enough. So we like we all pool our stuff, and we've been okay, <laughs> which. I know not everyone's outcome is that, but we, what what else can we do? We're, we're we're doing the best we can with the information that we can get, and this is at the very least not like mediated through some some and other media source. These are just randos we know on Twitter. Let's be hyper obvious, uh, Pepper and Dragor here. Uh, given everything that I have read so far, uh, what percentage of any of those things did the United States government do for its citizens? I know. We had issues just like this of not being able to get supplies, of not being able to get the things we need. I mean, God's sake, we had the whole freaking meme of the toilet paper, uh, the toilet paper shortage, which was a real thing. I, I never they're actually more had to saying use it, that but, like, oh, normally yeah. when I buy toilet paper, I I don't buy quilt my asshole. I just buy toilet paper. But now in the lockdown, all I can afford is quilt my asshole. Spending too much money on Quilt My Asshole is a lot better than when I, Dragor, with bowel problems, had zero because of fucking hoarders. Yeah. I had about a week where I had to shower. And we can't pretend that inflation is not making it harder for people to obtain the supplies they need. Yeah, at some point, even the top shelf while available are, in fact, priced out. But while it boils down to Biden and all the 
libs run on access to healthcare, access to things. They say nothing about the cost of these things. I today have access to a yacht. I just need to magically <laughs> become a rich. Yeah, we all have access to yachts. Oh, and stat. So I, I, while you were talking, I've been, I've been kind of Googling around trying to see what I can see about the, because they talk a lot about their property management companies. And it's like, oh, property management company. And I'm like, well, how does that, how does that work as opposed to an Amer- like an American property right. management you know, company? You and I both and, assume that it's not just some Wild West thing where the company gets to do whatever the fuck they want. Well, there's been some big real estate changes lately because the Chinese government's like, look, we see you, there's gouging happening, there's gentrification happening, there's these unscrupulous foreign companies coming in, buying up shit, like the same stuff we complain about here, and they're putting the stuff that the Chinese rich elite do to Vancouver in the United States? Exactly, that's why they moved, they're like, they kicked out. The Chinese rich elite are not the Chinese people, to be clear. They freaking, the Chinese bourgeois, certain members of it, you can make more money overseas, so they do. And then they bring their money back and spend it in China, so they're going to stop them. It's like, do whatever you want in Vancouver. Can't do it here. Can't do it in Shanghai. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other response will point to it. Uh, the, the citizens in the People's Republic of China uh, are legally not allowed to buy or own property. They basically purchase well, a, a license of, like, as long as you're alive to live somewhere. I didn't really know you- that. What do you think the percentage of home ownership is on mainland China? Because because that was just specific to Shanghai. Well, uh, uh, I don't know. This is us disclaiming getting... that like there were things that were said in these letters, and we'll get to them as well. Where like I just straight up need more information, and I hope we get to do a follow up to clarify some of this stuff. Just in general, outside of COVID, what does homeowner mean? <laughs> Me to me that means there's no rent. Or like, there's no rent and you can't no really further be mortgage unless like your house is gonna you know explode and kill people and like hey you can't live here it's gonna kill people, right? Well, it's ninety percent, ninety percent home ownership rate in China. What is it in the United <laughs> States, Pepper? I, I'm sure you have this figure ready to go. I actually don't. Damn yes. it! Edit it. Home make it. Ownership. Edit it to make it. Do it in post. Oh, we're about. It's like 65, 65.5%, we think, at the moment, Ooh. which is, I mean, more that's than half, at least. But No, that's a D, Pepper. That's a D. It is. It's not as much as China, a country where supposedly you're not allowed to own anything. <laughs> <laughs> they still don't have landlords, though. Hey, uh, let's bring up, uh, 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 oh my gosh, I'm blanking out on his name. Kyle Kinane. He's got one of the best lines ever. Property ownership is fake because death is real. <laughs> I mean, if that's what the the relation is, where basically it's like you can you, you can own property in that it's your personal property that you use to live yes. in, but you it's they make it harder to accumulate. Like, okay, you can't build a what is it real estate if empire? You want to learn the difference of when we talk about uh, personal property versus private property versus public property, these and other things are topics that come up during Bible study. Every other Bible week study. on Sundays on our Discord for patrons. I was talking to my mom. My mom said, but Jared, if you want to go hardcore com- oh yeah, that's my real name. Uh, if you want to go <laughs> hardcore communist, they uh, like you're not everyone has to own the same things. And I'm like, Mom, there's three kinds of pro- <laughs> I just <laughs> and I just fucking went into it. And I don't know. I don't know if she absorbed. I tried to like, you know, say it in a, a, a non like 
weirdo jargony way. But it's like Mark says, you already don't have private property. You don't own private property. I don't have a warehouse. I don't own any means of production. I don't have like plots of land or yeah. tracks of resources or a mine. I don't own private property. I have my personal shit. No one's coming for your dragon dildo or toothbrush. Speaking of things like that, uh, how is lockdown enforced and what are the penalties for breaking the rules? Uh, you just stopped going out. There's nothing outside. No restaurants. No supermarkets opening. To do. Just police officers on the streets who are as are as tired and bored as us, ready to send just us home there. for whatever reason. I don't know exactly what's the penalties of breaking the rules, since no one around me has ever tried. I heard of starving people trying to break in break out of their residencies but they can't find food outside either unless some lucky ones can get a job as a deliverer or volunteering in hospitals. For those who are lucky enough to get a supply, like us, we just walk to the community gate every day and ask our security, can we go out yet? And then they reply a no, sadly, and then we start to walk back and we wish we never need to go to the hospital. I mean, hey, that's kind of the argument I was making back where they're like, it's not that we need to do a lockdown. It's just everything should be closed. So you can't blame the businesses for being open. It should be, yes. they should not be allowed to be open. So everyone will go quarantine. You can't get COVID at the bar if the bar is closed. <laughs> uh, do, how do you and your neighbors feel about the situation? Do you personally know anyone who's died of COVID-19? So far, I've never heard of anyone I know personally in China mainland has, who has tested positive for COVID-19, not to mention died. Now I've returned to work, I heard more than half of the workers in our partner factory has got COVID as they were locked down in their dorm. Fortunately, they are all young people and recovered soon. Back to where I live, the good thing. I got my Oculus Quest 2 just a week before the lockdown. <laughs> it kept me entertained and kept my butt moving for more than a month. We interact with our neighbors more. We didn't even see each other before. Now we exchange supplies and chat online. I don't need to get up early to catch the shuttle. I have more time to spend with my roommates cooking and dining. No need to shave! <laughs> Bad things! Even when the fridge is full, the anxiety of uncertainty of supplies is always hunt... I'm assuming they meant haunting, but stalking us. Bored. The anxiety drains our energy, so I'm too tired to walk out of this boredom. Uh, maybe they even meant bedroom sometimes. For many days, I feel like I'm only alive when I'm cooking for the family. Too much online time and news feeds the anxiety. Every day, we hear bad news, fake news, depressing news. News of people starving, can't go to hospital, and die of anything but COVID. Running out of long-term medical care like cocktail treatment for HIV. Parents got transported, got transported for being close contact, but can't take their child. That's what... You hear about all the time, like, oh, they're separating well, parents from their children. And that does happen. It has, or should I say, it has happened. It's not like the policy. They're not like, if you have COVID, your baby is taken yeah. from you. But, like, uh, it, when you then read further, it's, and then after a week, they were reunited and continued their lives, which is like, okay, at, at least it's, so, they didn't, like, deport the child or th throw it in a blender or something. Yeah. So, uh, this next part is a comparison. Uh, I'm going to try and adjust it to convey it, but this is meant as a comparison of population sizes between uh, New York City and Shanghai. Uh, the, the grammar's awkward. You'll see. I don't know if they are true or not, but I know there are about 35 million people living in Shanghai, and that is three times the population of New York City. 
That means if only a third of the Shanghai population is living in this extreme situation, it's like the whole of New York is on fire and it's hard to ignore their voice. But that also means two other New York cities are living in peace and they will have a hard time fathoming why, living in the same city, there are so many people telling a different story. That being said, I can only tell the story of my own life. A lot of stories are going on during the lockdown. Maybe they are all real. All of this results in our strange mental state. We are still mentally functional, still able to work, interact with each other, and enjoy our dinner together, but still depressed and feel on the brink of a mental breakdown. Oh, God, I, did. I love this, y'all. I'd, I'd say furry porn is a major source that kept my mind stable. Shout out to all the artists. Thank you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the truest embodiment of the phrase, fuck yeah, that is the greatest fuck yeah I may have ever offered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had two responses to our... Uh, we're very lucky that we have at least... Uh, it's not even that we have necessarily international listeners. I just have... T- I've now at this point, I, I tweet about all the time, like, blah, blah, blah is happening in China. Blah, blah, blah is happening in the US. What the fuck? What's actually happening? <laughs> is it just all lies? Are there just secretly millions and millions of dead Chinese people from COVID and they're all being hidden? Or like, what is the situation? And, and then I had two different people like, well, I live here. Uh, I can tell you about some stuff. And and they very kindly wrote us out some very detailed responses. And we have the second of those. I'm going to read it for you. But oh, actually, before I do any like uh, passing thoughts before, before I continue. Uh... The continued comment of they they write like we talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, just like so the, the sample... New York, the New York comparison is written in exactly the it. That is the type of framing structure I use all the time, right? That so like yeah. yes, there is an entire New York City's population of people suffering, and that's real. And there are twice as many of those people that aren't suffering that don't get it. I say things in that, like, structure all the time so that someone who English isn't even their first language is thinking about the things in this way and writes it in that way. It's like, that's cool. Over and over, I just keep thinking, if you examine, like, if you go under a microscope and go into every single detail of the lockdown and everything uh, that has gone wrong with it, like, yes, there are many, many valid criticisms to be made, when you look even not even big picture, like medium picture at what the alternative has been in most of the rest of the world, like the comparison seems comical right now. Shanghai is now just back to normal because the lockdown is over. The cases went away. And also the rest of China continued having essentially zero cases the whole time Shanghai was locked down. So it's not like every Chinese person was living under the same conditions, there was a localized outbreak, there was a localized lockdown. Right now in the U.S., we are having over 120,000 cases per day everywhere, and nothing is being done at all. I see people online all the time who would who, who will look at, like, uh, if you see instances of people breaking COVID protocol, especially, like, years ago when we actually had some kind of rules, like, getting busted, and they would applaud it. And they'd be like, yeah, these rules need to be enforced. Or you would see rules go into play, and then people complaining about lack of enforcement. Like, I was at blah, blah, blah business, and they weren't even doing their mask requirements. People didn't have masks on, and nobody was telling them to put them on. And then... 
those same people will look at what we were just talking about the restrict the covid restrictions put in place by under the zero zero covid policy xi jinping and say this is authoritarian dictatorship nightmare these people live in a prison country <laughs> like <laughs> when they're doing what they seem to want the american government to do and but let's, actually let's doing also, it let's i always have to point out take away what either government china or the american government wants or says or anything and the policies that were talked about here that china enacted are a lot more in line with what the fucking epidemiologists and doctors recommended to do. The people that are responsible for studying and advising humanity on this thing you can't see, smell, or taste that can fucking kill us all, this thing I dedicated my life to, here's how we not die. Like, we, the, not just us now, but all of humans. And then, we didn't do it. <laughs> we kind of pretended to do it for like a week <laughs> right well even then the, but even the then frontline they're... workers at starbucks by the way i'm not punch i'm not punching down at anyone working at starbucks i am punching down at the notion that star a starbucks worker is a frontline worker no you go home starbucks is not necessary fuck or you pay them like a frontline worker if they're an essential part of the economy they need to be treated like an essential part of the economy not Look, like if it came out early on that uh starbucks consumption in particular not just coffee but a starbucks fucking latte for whatever reason boosted your resistance against covid then fine <laughs> the starbucks baristas are frontline fucking workers uh. and they should all be able to buy houses and retire now for having risked themselves to covid without a vaccine so the other reason I love hearing from, directly from people is, uh, like, did that? Did what we just read sound like a brainwashed lockstep uh, citizen of the party? <laughs> like they they had many crit they had criticisms. And they're like, man, I've heard about these people who are starving. Like, they don't sound like they've been freaking programmed. It's 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 a human. <laughs> Hello, fellow worker in China, and ah. It's, it's refreshing that over and over I keep thinking, oh, we're all basically people, and then I, it continues to be proven correct over and over again, which is yes. happy. All right, we have another, uh, this is our other response. They are an embedded systems engineer in their early 20s working in a semiconductor company in Shanghai. Ooh, they have, they have one of the most critical jobs in the entire world, it turns out. Yep. <laughs> if you aren't, the shortage, semiconductors, can't make cars, blah, blah, can't make most technologies. <laughs> I'm a Chinese citizen, I've been living in Shanghai since my childhood. So they're a local. I have also been to Sweden for my university studies, but more importantly, fur cons. Oh, yeah, and I was, I was going to say that earlier. Our sample size is very much skewed because we're talking to people who talk to us on Twitter. Most Chinese people are just not on, like, Western Twitter. They just happen to be on there because most of the furry – like, they want to – they have connections to the – to furries. So furries are like, oh, well – most of the furries I want to see the art of are on this platform, so we're going to do that. So 
they're they're already going to be a bit more I don't know west centric. They 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 they're aware yes. of all. They, we watch all the same cartoons and shit. <laughs> this is, this isn't exactly a median representative of a Shanghai resident, is what I'm getting at. Question: What restrictions are in place where you live? And say they're going to say the same thing where uh, their restrictions have all been left. So uh, the lockdown order for the whole city has just been lifted a few days ago, which was the beginning of June. so almost a month at this point. Uh, so I'll be talking about the policies for during the lockdown and normal times. During a lockdown, people are not allowed to leave their apartment complex. People are allowed to walk inside their inside their apartment complex for a, limit, a limited amount of time each day, depending on how long. The apartment complex has been COVID-free. Streets are generally off-limits. Usually only delivery drivers, medical personnel, and police are allowed on the street. Special permits must be obtained to go on the street or travel to other cities. Mandatory COVID tests, PCR, are performed usually every two or three days. Antibody tests with the rapid self-test kits are uh, every one to two days. If a building has a positive case of COVID, people in the building are not allowed to leave their apartments. Food and other supplies are delivered to the door, supposedly. It is mandatory for people who have been tested, who have tested positive for COVID or have been in close contact with COVID patients to be transported to a centralized quarantine and treatment facility, usually hospitals or condemned hotels. Keep condemned in mind because they're using that word differently. They don't just mean like one that's falling down, <laughs> like in the U.S., like what no, we would think of as condemned. No, condemned is, is just not actively in use in this context, yeah. I believe. It's like a, a designation the government uses to... Uh, if there are more COVID patients than hospitals and hotels can, hansel, can handle, convention centers and stadiums are condemned to be used as temporary quarantine facilities. So I, I remember hearing people all over the place here in the U.S. shouting about how that should be done. And I, I know it was done a little bit. Like, I think in New York City, when, when it was like the initial wave and shit was real bad, didn't that happen where there were some like emergency converted medical spaces? But it sounds like... Yeah. China full on did it like th these are they, well they full on did it because remember in the United States <laughs> a lot of the places here that we would do that are still owned they, they are private property so here's those definitions again so you know when everyone is lighting up Joel Osteen for not using his megachurch to help multiple times in all of this well he legally wasn't required to and the government like don't get me wrong fuck Joel Osteen fuck religious charlatans and you know all that jazz but and like fuck the atheist billionaires that did the same thing as Joel Osteen. But our critique is our government could have forced them to help us if it had the mechanism to do so. I'm never going to bet on a billionaire doing the right thing. I kind of want to be able to bet on my fucking government to be there to help me. Yeah, you want a government that is more representative of the people, yourself included, because we are part of the people. And you need to have, you want a government that has a mechanism to force things like that. It's kind of like a different version of the oil price thing right now. Uh, Biden's up there just asking nicely for the oil companies to charge less for gas. But why would they? Because they make more money if they charge more and people are already paying more. And there is no mechanism to force that change to happen, even if Biden wanted to do that, as the Democrats keep saying. What's he supposed to do? All these dumbasses think Biden can just control the price of gas. And I'm over here like, how come there are no controls on the price of gas? Wait, but... But he can. Nixon proved it. <laughs> yeah. We I mean, actually have legal precedent and mechanism to do the things Biden says he can't do. So it's not just that we have these layers of indirection, so, you know, like the credit score thing. This is one that actually has legal technical precedent 
of a factual thing he can do and chooses not to. See, I'm giving them benefit of the doubt over here. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm taking them at their word when they say they can't do it. And I'm like, well, there should be a way they should do it. And then you're like, no, there actually is a way. And I'm like, well, damn it. <laughs> what are we talking about? But in China, they have the mechanisms. If the freaking, uh, I don't know, the Raiders don't want to let us use their stadium for whatever purpose, if you're in China, they don't get the opportunity to say no. It's just, hey, we're going to need it. Uh, here is why, <laughs> like, and you hope that, you know, notice is given, but at the end of the day, like not being able to utilize your convention center space, it's a, it's a lockdown anyway. Like these activities already aren't happening. The, the, the con wasn't going to happen. So using it for emergency purposes is like logical and good. I guess that's my whole point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me find out where I was here. A new policy specific to the lockdown in Shanghai this time is that depending on the status of the ventilation facilities in a building that has uh, cases of COVID, neighbors of the apartments that have active COVID cases may be required to be transported to the centralized quarantine locations as well. And these apartments are required to be sanitized by medical personnel. This, I think, is where the, like, people are locked in, they're, they're gassed in their own apartment buildings. Like, they will go, th like, when they've removed people, they'll go through and, like, spray it down, because, uh, like they were talking about, the ventilation, if the buildings are, like, not up to date enough, and they're just like, oh, you're just spraying COVID particles into the building next door, they might yeah. also get the building next door. Higher population density issues. After the lockdown in Shanghai was lifted... Uh, 1st of June, people were allowed to travel freely within the city. However, a negative PCR test result for COVID within 72 hours is required to enter most of the public places, shops, business centers, restaurants, etc., or ride on public transports and taxis. So, remember, vaccines are not required in China, even though their vaccination rate is higher than ours because they just take it voluntarily, but masks are, and then there, I, think I don't know if they said it or not yet, but vaccines are required if you're in certain situations where it makes sense, like if you're a nursing home worker or a medical professional of any kind. If you're going to have to be in high COVID risk situations, they do require the vaccine, which, I mean, hey, it makes some kind of sense. <laughs> it's, at least, it doesn't just seem well, as random. Well, it's twofold. As uh, one of the things you've talked about previously is vaccination as a fetish object and like if you can get vaccinated heavy emphasis on that you like, should definitely do it uh conventions you know we've had the topic of furry conventions requiring vaccines and as time goes on so like when it was delta right so there was the main wave and then there was delta and the big reason for all the boosters was delta was basically killing people as much as the original strain but was different and you needed a fucking vaccine both to not die and not spread it as bad Things have changed now, and so I am one of the executive team at First Squared, and we ran an event that not only required vaccination, but the booster. And a lot of that information at the time was really coming off of the Delta scare, even though Omicron was in play. If I were to do First Squared today, right now, would I necessarily demand a strict vaccine requirement when the mask mandate does it? I don't know. I, I don't think the vaccine thing... We know pre-vaccine that N95 masks fucking solve it whether you're vaccinated or not. The vaccines help immensely and is a good thing, but like, the easiest, lowest effort, practical thing to stop a pandemic if you have not advanced your technology is masks will kill it. Masks in lockdown. Simple, mechanical things. Not even science, although the science told us that this was the answer. 
But, like, you don't need a shot. You don't need something in a lab to stop the pandemic. Simple human behavior and cooperation will do it. And if you're in a country like the U.S. that has so many resources, so much wealth on hand, the lockdown, like, we could lock down. <laughs> we could do these things. China, as much as huge of an economy as they are, they do have far few, like, per person, there's not as much just money floating around. Their standard of living is not quite as as high as our like that's what i'm starting to even think about standard of living differently because like when yes. i include other factors a dollar value does not equate yeah. to standard of living <laughs> it's directly like, it's like i don't know they got more roommates but is that the only thing that matters in life <laughs> seems to kind of boil down to i got a bunch of roommates right now what what's really that arm <laughs> they have they have a shuttle apparently that comes and picks them up for work what the fuck <laughs> yeah it's called a bus system pepper <laughs> Give me a shuttle. So, all right. <clears throat> Talking about uh, going out uh, publicly, we already heard about this. In most of those places, scanning a QR code to track where you are uh, is also required in an effort to help finding those who have uh, may who may have contracted COVID. There are also restrictions on traveling between cities, depending on how many COVID cases are in an area. The area might be defined as low, medium, or high-risk zone. Again, these all like seem logical to me. Like you're not, none of this sounds like crazy talk. In normal circumstances, you're departing from a low-risk zone. There will be little to no restrictions. So, like again, the rest of China, like this is one city <laughs> that had to do an actual big lockdown, and they did it, and then when it COVID stopped, and they are open again. They got to return to life so much faster where we arguably still have not, yes. and we're still just in our first wave that just has never ended. No, not even arguably, factually. <laughs> uh, I was just at, you know, not counting the fact that I got fucking norovirus, probably from O'Hare going into BLFC, but every furry convention I go to, I'm still not regularly going to room parties. If I do, I stay masked and hold my breath between taking drinks, or during taking drinks. I am not behaving as I did pre-pandemic because it is not over yet. And even if you were, you're still thinking, you still have the knowledge in your head that it's not. <laughs> even if you were yeah. like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. I'm just out and lifting. I'm at the gym. Don't give a shit. You're still going to be at home like, oh, fuck. <clears throat> oh, God. What's happening? <laughs> like, it's, you're still not really going to be able to just go about your life. And I am jealous, honestly, of mainland China residents because they get to have relative, they get to actually be back to normal. They actually built back they built back. I don't know if it's better or not, but they, they built, built back, back better. <laughs> they, they, they built at least some building took place. <laughs> <laughs> All we did was transfer wealth upwards to our billionaire class. Um, restrictions. And no, okay. we also had uh, the BLM protests that didn't really result in material change. They resulted in the opposite, where now we have greater funding for police. No, departments. no, no. In Minnesota, they burned down the police station, and they got some material change. The, the, of the the building got burned, yes. But remember, all the stuff they were talking about, the votes all failed. None of it actually got passed. They did not dissolve oh, their police department. There were some successes, and then like the final ones failed. Damn. Yeah, it's like city council, and then they like there was the, oh, we just got to wait out another month, and oh, this guy didn't like fuckery happened like always to make sure oh it doesn't oh like they were they were going to dissolve the police department the minneapolis police department was going to be no more that and everyone's like yeah, yeah. and all the city council's like we're gonna do it and then it's like oh well you see according to article 6 section b of the blah blah constitution you can't vote until this day and, just get, and it didn't happen like <laughs> they got Yu-Gi-Oh ruled out of the will of the people ah! That's liberalism. Fuck. That's what it is. Is <laughs> all oh, you, uh. you pass the code, the test, Harry Potter. <laughs> you have to. 
Someone's going <laughs> to fuck up a clerical error, and that's going to save the world, not like actually working are, towards a better world. No, clerical errors result in the movie Brazil. <laughs> if you depart from a medium or high-risk zone, or have been to one within 14 days, you need to present a 48-hour negative PCR test for COVID. Expect a possible 14-day quarantine at your destination, which is like logical moves. If the U.S. had areas of high and low instead of just everything being high, it would make a lot of sense where, yo, you're going from a city with no transmission to a city with no transmission. You're cool. That makes sense logically. We're not doing the fucking the magic table nonsense where, oh, you have to wear a mask until you get to your table. Then you can take it off then it's fine uh <laughs> it's, you make moves that make sense and also people are gonna be able to fucking get behind them if they can look at it and go yeah i get it that yeah you went from a place where there's a shit there's a shit ton of covid over there of course there would be different rules like that makes some kind of sense you can defend that you can have an argument all right generally traveling abroad is only allowed if the person has a valid reason to exit the country such as for business or education people what i would love is to have a, a, a world where there were high, like that same thing they were talking about high and low risk cities. It's like you could kind of apply that logic to countries. Like, oh yeah, like our the, our bordering country, they also have very low transmission. You can just go there. Oh, then wait, yeah, they're, it's fucked up right now. You can't go to like a system based on something other than I don't know. Roll the dice. Uh, Mexicans can't come yeah. in. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> which is what the yeah, U.S. It is wasn't done. roll the dice, Pepper. It was never roll the dice. Exactly. It was but, always skin tone and prejudice yeah. based. The U.S. won't let in Mexicans, but like that's the only restriction that's still in place. Regarding the mask and vaccine mandates, only the mask mandate is enforced within public areas. There are vaccine requirements if you are a healthcare worker, a delivery driver, or you are, uh, or if your work is in an environment that has elevated risk of contracting COVID, which is based in logic. Uh, one important thing to note is the property managers are allowed to impose additional restrictions to people entering and leaving property. For example, universities can disallow people who have been outside of the city within 14 days to enter. How has life continued under lockdown? This is a how-do-you-get-supplies question. The lockdown in Shanghai this time, from uh, 1st of April till 1st of June, is different from what we had before in 2020 and in other cities. Usually lockdowns in China are organized and controlled efforts to control the spread of COVID, while the infrastructures required to satisfy people's basic needs and allow people to live a normal life and quarantine is ensured to be operational. However, the lockdown in Shanghai this time is a sudden and complete breakdown in logistical infrastructure because almost everyone, including delivery workers, infrastructure workers, and food suppliers, are quarantined in about three days' notice. We are also informed that the lockdown is supposed to last only five days instead of two months, which it actually lasted. During the lockdown, basic food, such as rice, vegetables, canned food, occasionally fresh meat, are provided for everyone for free. However, almost nothing gets delivered for the first week because there's no logistical system operational, so food distribution must be managed by individual suppliers, and there are bad actors in the supply chain who hoard them, who hoard the supposedly free food for profit. I want to just pause there because, like, this is not what you would expect. Like, th that sure does make a lot of sense right like the first lockdown went well because they planned for it where this one the criticism is they just shut down suddenly well, i mean i guess you would say they couldn't uh, they didn't predict that covid would suddenly have this outbreak like they did and it did seem like a uh, a, a panicked almost response of like holy shit things are getting really bad really fast code red <laughs> batting down all the hatches and uh yeah not everybody was not 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 everybody was prepared nobody was prepared well, and then from a, so let's brief critical analysis. So like, all right, based on what we've read, taken at face value and everything else we've read, China does acts a lot more in its citizens' interest with regards to COVID than the United States. Okay, fine. 
you have this where they are able to return to normal, but there's a globe and there's the internet. And the United States exists and these other countries that for many other not their fault systemic reasons have not been able to deal with COVID in any meaningful way. So when there wasn't when when the notion of there's no plan for Omicron, that is in fact perhaps like that that's that's a, a failure of leadership. That's like it's not, I'm not highlighting this as someone is bad and did something malicious, but here's a situation we're now describing of the state of the world said maybe you should have had some plan to react quickly now that this has happened. You know, uh, this won't be the last pandemic, not while capitalism exists. So, like, my critique is not they did a bad lockdown and that they shouldn't have. It's maybe the readiness of humanity in the face of we don't know what the next pandemic will be. We should be able to lock down safely without hurting people. And quickly. I mean, you like definitely by the end of this, uh, China's going to get pretty experienced of how to do <laughs> lockdowns. Some people are kind of working towards the infrastructure and others just seem to not uh, think that it's a priority. I'm going to keep reading so we can get through the thing because I do want to get through all of this document today. If people need food or supplies urgently, their only choice is to pay massive extras like 10 to 20 times the normal price to individual delivery drivers. For this reason, people from the same apartment complex often group purchase large volume of food and supplies for the first month to offset extra delivery cost. It's very similar to what we heard from uh, our other uh, our other writer. During lockdowns, only basic supplies like soap, turban, med detergents, medicine, toilet paper, and the, a parenthetical, the most important substance for humankind, which is funny, uh, is available. You can order stuff online, but it is impossible to get the warehouse to ship anything, which is, again, very similar to what our other writer said. Uh, if there's an equipment breakdown in your apartment, you're basically out of luck. This actually happened to our neighbor who had, oh, and when they say equipment breakdown, uh, he had a leaky food disposer. Oh, uh, garbage disposal. Uh, luckily, I had some yes. supplies to help them patch it up. So, again, it's like, you know, neighbor had some issues, helped them out, which, I mean. And let's point out, they did not say a pipe broke and the building flooded and then everyone was condemned and homeless. <laughs> the, the nice appliance that you don't need, the food disposal, was leaking and someone else in the domicile helped handle it until a proper repair could be made. Yo, this is like, th this is the most relatable shit. <laughs> you just read this and you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of. <laughs> I had to deal with that. I had a food processor fuck up on me and make a weird noise and then start smoking. It's like, look, everybody, having communist leadership does not mean that, like, your whole. Your life's not actually that different. It's just, like, who owns. You probably would own your own house, uh, apparently. <laughs> That's the, the big difference. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, most businesses required a transition to working online during the lockdown. Some factories in the suburbs are uh, allowed to continue operation, but workers are not allowed to enter or leave the premises, and the factories cannot ship their products. Hmm. All right. So it's just like getting warehoused. Businesses in the service industries, like restaurants and shops, are not allowed to operate. For these businesses, minor compensa compensations are issued, and part of their rent are deducted. If a part... Not a, not a whole solution, but how much of our rent was deducted through any of COVID? Yeah. I understand it's businesses, but if we're actually going to talk about supporting small businesses, 
I argue their rent should be like I want if you want to foster like local businesses and the small like the kind of stuff that we all like kind of want and not to have as many megacorps like get the help to them. We kind of managed to funnel all of our small business PPE pay pig paycheck protection program shit to like the penis the penis the penis the penis <laughs> piano player <laughs> we managed to funnel all of our ppe <laughs> loans to freaking steak shack and the lakers and all this other nonsense and mm. cops don't forget cops yeah, the police cops ended up getting a slice of it too police got PPE. Uh, however for most businesses these compensations are not nearly enough to offset their expenses during the lockdown or pay their workers People in the logistics industry and taxi drivers are allowed to work on the street, provided that they have obtained special permits to do so. They can offset their losses by charging massive price for their service, as mentioned before. However, they may not be allowed to return to their apartments, depending on the restrictions from their property management. I have seen people sleeping in tents on the street just outside my apartment complex. Bad. Do not like that. I am not happy that people are being forced to sleep outside of their apartments. Uh, because of uh, not having the testing requirements to re-enter their buildings. People sleep yep. outside on my street because the housing market has priced them out and they can no longer afford housing. How is lockdown enforced and what are the penalties for breaking the rules? There are laws such as the PCR law on prevention and control of infectious diseases and, that's in quotes, and, in quotes, the Public Security Administration Punishments Law of the PRC that allow a prosecution of uh, people who did not comply with the rules enforced during a lockdown. Generally, people who have violated the rules of lockdown but did not cause a major spread of the disease may be detained for several days and they will need to pay a fine. If their actions have caused a major spread event, they may face criminal charges and jail time. Again, kind of seems logical to me. And if you're going to complain about lack of enforcement and then also complain about a for enforcement, you need to fucking return to Earth. During a lockdown, property management companies are given the rights to close down their apartment complexes and disallow people to enter or exit. Okay, so these aren't even necessarily governmental decisions. Like, the individual management companies can lock down or unlock down their own individual buildings, but not less than the federal regulations. Yeah. Because most people in cities in China live in apartment complexes, they cannot enter the streets. Police are also dispatched on the street to check for the special permits. Hall passes. I have mentioned before that the property management are allowed to impose additional restrictions to people within the property. It is a significant factor since individuals in the PRC, oh, PRC, People's Republic of China, uh, cannot purchase a property. We can only purchase the right to occupy the property. The owner of the property is the development cop, uh, company who actually have the right to manage the property. This is why it is legal for property management companies to restrict entry and exit of an apartment complex. And the question I have is, do they also have like the right to evict you suddenly with no notice? Because I don't think so, but I want to know I, where I their control ends. I would have to imagine ends. like evict you suddenly with no notice without clear like evidence backing cause or like can that happen to you and you're not an immediate threat to someone i would hope not yeah like what where i would like to know work? more i would love to follow up with both of these people and ask more about that <laughs> just be like can you explain okay how does how does your apartment work in china <laughs> that's what we really want to know <laughs> how do you and your neighbors feel about the situation do you personally know anyone who's died of covid19 about the lockdown i personally think the situation is ridiculous for one of the most prosperous cities in china politicians and government workers tried hard to downplay the situation while people are struggling to get food and supply for their daily needs people who are in a position to position to help getting supplies to the people in need does not think about the ways to help those people but how to make profit from the situation 
There are news now and then about people dying at the door of hospitals because they can't provide a PCR result in time. Responsibility and accountability got pushed around when a COVID case is discovered, so everyone in power just imposed their tightest restriction possible without considering how the people are supposed to live under these circumstances. To this day, the government of Shanghai does not admit there has been a lockdown in Shanghai. All right, I'm back. My neighbors feel basically the same way that they have never imagined such situation was possible in Shanghai. From my experience talking to people within our community, everyone is furious about how poorly the government handled the lockdown this time. I like that they're like, no, nah, I like the differentiation there. Uh, I, I want to draw attention to where the first lockdown, the one that they was, are not complaining about lockdowns, yeah, period. They are part. They are complaining about the implementation. The first one they said was managed better. And this one was more poorly managed. So they support it less. And it sounds like the Shanghai government is being squirrely about what they, like, they have not admitted that there is actually a lockdown in Shanghai. I'm like, okay, what, what like weird sounds uh, like us policy gymnastics are they doing to be like, no, we're not technically locked down. We're, uh, we have no shortage of people who are in mental distress due to the lockdown as well. Every other day I can see there are people confronting random people and the property managers. And I think that means like, like starting random arguments, like people are just like on edge. Uh, there are people who protested about the situation. The Chinese ones were arrested and the news were deleted. When I, when I say the Chinese ones were arrested, I'm like, does that mean there was like a like a multinational group and like only they, everybody who had a, a Chinese uh, passport like got arrested and everyone else is like, all right can't touch you or huh, like what what's the details of that i do know one person who have died due to covid that i have met before at a fur meet in sweden and that was in 2020 i don't really know anyone who's died in china due to covid personally which i guess is the whole point of the covid free policy i don't mind if there are general policies such as mask mandates regular covid tests or quarantine if i contracted covid uh provided that I have the liberty to get resources in order to not waste my time in quarantine in vain. Uh, however, I, oh, I, I, understand, I understand what they're saying. They're saying if they got COVID and had to quarantine, they hope they would at least like give them uh, an ability to keep working. So they're just wasting their time, which I feel that's <laughs> their big concern is like, look, I would, I, I'm not gonna be able to get anything done while I'm in quarantine. <laughs> it's like, I kind of understand. Uh, however, I absolutely do not accept uh, people who make massive profit from this situation. Rapid test kits for COVID antibodies cost little to none to produce, and they are sold for about uh, 25 CNY. See, like, this is where I got to do... That's the Chinese yen, right? Quick conversion. What is 25 CNY? Oh, to USD. They're sold for around, uh, like, just under $4. The business center of my company was located in. They require everyone to do a self-test for COVID every day, but they refuse to pay for it. And I'm like, all right, that sympathize there <laughs> it's not likely that the zero co- uh, zero covid policy will change in the near future so that is what we are stuck with for the time being and like i wholeheartedly agree that uh people who are opportunists who take advantage of the pandemic in order to personally enrich themselves like that is despicable and that is morally bad i'm not i'm not one to talk much about morals but that's a, an easy one an easy one for me to lay claim to in the U.S., we have had a massive upward transfer of wealth. The what is like the six bill? The everyone's talking about. Wow, your av- the uh, all the poor people in the U.S. through through COVID lost about six billion dollars, and all the rich people gained about six billion dollars. And where did that money go? What happened? Like companies like Amazon, delivery services, uh, service uh, like 
what's it called gig economy stuff that was already starting to become entrenched in our lives has just become more and more entrenched in our lives and have just been sucking money out of us nonstop through the entire pandemic. And I agree. I think people should not be profiting from what is essentially a disaster. And heck, I wish that it was like a guy on my block price gouging a COVID test. I wish that was the, the <laughs> kind of corruption that we were dealing with here, because that's like surmountable. Yeah, if it was actually <laughs> individuals and mass as isolated actors, that it would be a very different thing. And that Ugh. is something we are lied to through media, that that's what's going on. Similar to how we are lied to, oh, I started my own business. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, I got a free house from my parents. I got a billion dollar, <laughs> quote, loan, unquote. Like, it's the same fucking thing over and over and over again. And all of the gouging, the toilet paper being out of the stores was not because of individuals panic buying. It was because an utter failure in the system to go, we produce more toilet paper than any human in the United States would ever need ever because capitalism, but because we went, ah, we can't do anything about it. A bunch of people with more means just bought it all. Oh, well. What? We know how much we made. We have SKUs. We have batch numbers. Through fucking, <laughs> through quality control to make more money, all of this is tracked. I know this because I have written software to aid in the manufacturing process. So it's not like we don't even know this stuff. The information is there. When people say a planned economy is impossible, the info is there to save money today. It's just we have to change the motive to helping people. We have a planned economy, arguably. It's just planned stupidly. Well, it's planned for the fail. purpose. It's planned for the purpose of uh, personal enrichment. We were all talking about how the uh, st- we don't have supply because they used to have like storage and warehouse space, and now it's all the the quote unquote the just in time delivery m- method that we now use in America, where your shit is supposed to get there just in time for you to uh, buy it, so you're not paying any storage fees to save money. Our economy is geared to maximize profit, and one of yet again one of the byproducts of that is if you have an emergency where suddenly you can't quickly move shit across the entire country. Uh, you have no supplies because they all were supposed to arrive just in time. And now they're sitting somewhere on a boat or in a shipping container in Panama or whatever. My final thought on uh, what we've talked about today, there are absolutely criticisms to be made and will continue to be criticisms to be made about uh, China's response to COVID as with any country's response to COVID. All of the negative things that we heard about today were done in the service of stopping the spread of a disease. When we make the comparisons to the same kind of suffering happening in the U.S., remember, that suffering was mostly to ensure profits for a ruling elite. Like, half of our quote, like what I just talked about, our supply issues are self-imposed. And when they are self-imposed by private companies for the point of making more profit, when then that system causes people to suffer well there you go that the suffering was for the enrichment of a ruling class <laughs> shit went bad in china yep. from time to time people may have even died waiting for hospital care like they were talking about people died here waiting for hospital care why because our hospitals are super clogged with preventable covid cases more people more people died here waiting for hospital care than there in it relativistically one million Versus 5,000, not 500,000, not 5,000 a year, not 5,000 a month total. 
it's not comparable 